0: I, think, I feel like uh, I'm still riling off the uh, the hype of our, our weekend,
1: then. We were away at the uh, the MCM London Comic Con this past weekend. Some of the outfits we saw uh, were sick. I have beef for the 501st garrison. I'm, I'm putting it out there right now. Major bit of Star Wars news. Hayden Christensen is going to be returning as Anakin um, in the Ahsoka TV series.
0: Welcome to Life from Vader's Castle. I think this episode is, is another you know semi-big milestone for us, episode 30. So you're joined today by me, John Lee, and our co- my co-host Dan Macquarie on episode 30 of Life from Vader's Castle. How are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm excited. 30 episodes. How have we done that? It's a, it's a nice milestone. I think we, we had obviously 25 recently, which is also a nice milestone, but I think 30 is good. That's um that's like a nice round number. We've done more episodes than there have been years since. No, my maths is terrible. I was going to say Phantom Menace, but that's like twenty <laughs> years. Ignore that. I just, ignore what I just said.
0: <laughs> close, close. How are you, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm. I think I feel like I. am still riling off the uh, the hype of our, our weekend, Dan.
1: Yeah, we had a very fun weekend. Um, we, uh, uh, as as our um, dedicated listeners might have noticed, we uh, we uploaded episode twenty nine a little bit later than normal um, this week because we were away at Comic Con, the uh, the MCM London Comic Con this past weekend. Um, me, John, and our other friend Jack, and it was uh, it was a great time had by all. It was uh, our first Comic Con, so it was uh, it was really good fun. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about our experience of it of it today on the podcast.
0: Yeah, no, it was actually a really fun weekend, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've never been to Comic Con before, as you just said, and it was it was nice to experience it for the first time and soak in the the culture and the. Well, I was going to say surprising amount of Star Wars culture, but I don't know if it's actually that surprising. Seems it's Comic Con, but
1: yeah. yeah, there were definitely some Star Wars adventures that we uh, that we had at Comic-Con, um, some very fun, some traumatising, <laughs> but we'll get into all of that um, in our discussion. And then we thought, because you know we had quite a big episode last week and the week before, we thought we'd have a slightly shorter episode this week, we'll chat about Comic-Con, and then there's a few news stories, which are sort of like the big news stories from like the last month in Star Wars that we haven't really had a chance to talk about in the podcast. So I'll we'll have a little chat about them as well. And then that'll be today's episode. So a, a shorter one, a more, you know, relaxed chat. Just imagine this is kind of conversation you might be having at a pub with a couple of friends. That's uh, that's to, uh, today's episode. So I hope you enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it'll be nice to go back to and um, discuss the, the, the news that's come out recently once we've uh, just finished talking about Comic-Con. That'll be quite quite interesting to keep, keep our listeners up to date What's what's happening in the Star Wars universe
1: yeah definitely and in a couple weeks time we're gonna have a very big news uh, episode i imagine because the the disney plus day is coming up on i think the 11th of november so the weekend after that which i think will just be a couple days after that we'll have our episode talking about hopefully new star wars trailers announcements dates posters whatever it might be so we'll do the uh the current news we've got now, and then we'll give a big old news in a couple of weeks as well. So lots of exciting stuff happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the, the highlight of our weekend at Comic-Con for, for Star Wars stuff was definitely on the, uh, the Saturdays and meeting you know, all the Kevin Scott and listening to his panel. I don't know about you, I'm assuming it was quite a highlight for your weekend as well. It
1: was, yeah, it was. We, uh, As John said, we went to a panel that was... um High Republic author and well High Republic and much other Star Wars stuff author Kevin Kevin Scott being interviewed about his work on Star Wars and some of the various other stuff that he's involved in but it was mainly Star Wars he was talking about Um, and yeah that was a a really really fun panel to to listen to we we had front row seats Um, I even asked my own question uh, it was really good fun. He seems like a like a genuinely really nice guy, and he's clearly very passionate about Star Wars and very knowledgeable about Star Wars as well. So it was really nice. Um, it was a nice experience, and something that, I, I, yeah, it was definitely one of the highlights of the weekend for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know we've sat there and we've read a few of his books and comics and stuff. So I feel like you can get a, a taste for someone through their art and through their work and just like what they like and you know how they form things and gives a bit of their personality away and stuff, but he was definitely, uh, he seemed like a really nice guy actually. Yeah. And as you said, he seemed to be just as much a Star Wars nerd as anyone else. Um Even more so, uh, I'd say at times, he seemed to really love his Star Wars and like nerdy pop culture. Um Yeah. it was, he was actually seemed like a really nice chap. Quite a funny bloke as well. A couple of times.
1: Yeah. And we, we actually went and met him one-on-one afterwards. Um He hosted a little, book signing afterwards we we went and had a little one-to-one meet with him got a little photo you know live from vader's castle hosts and kevin scott which is on our instagram um that was a that was a fun little
0: meeting as well yeah it was actually a yeah, nice get him to sign a uh, maha republic volume one and uh, my star wars jedi lost it was a nice little message inside of a. Uh, I like his message it was personalized to like the uh, whatever book he was signing. So like for the High Republic, he signed mine and Dan's uh, book, with like to Dan, John, whatever. Uh, Light and Life, obviously the, the theme and catchphrase of this, of the series. Uh, and then for my Dooku Lost, he signed it with Beware the Dark Side. Uh, so it's nice to see that he yeah, mm. has a little personal touch in there as well, which is always nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He also signed my High Republic volume one as well. And my, uh, the, the, beware vader's castle sort of hardback collection of like the first two um like i think it was return to vader's castle and ghost of vader's castle or something like that um sort of um mini series that he did there's a collection book and he signed that with like the beware vader which was quite cool as well so um yeah it was nice just getting a little chat with him i, I one of the things i said to him when i was having like the the sort of one-on-one chat with him when I was getting him to sign it. I was like I oh, really like Rising Storm um looking i f- uh, you know looking forward to the end of High Republic phase one but also pretty terrified and he sort of just laughed a bit and I was like I don't know if I should be um relieved or more terrified that it's Claudia Gray writing the final book instead of you <laughs> and then he just like laughed looked at me and I was like you're just going to have to find out. And I was like, oh, I'm scared. <laughs> this High Republic thing looks like it's going to end badly for
0: everyone involved. But, um, no, it's, it's, it's nice to be in. Yeah. It's a, it's a lovely bloke. And if you're a big Star Wars fan and you haven't read any of his stuff yet, I'd definitely go recommend it. Cause you know, you can tell how much he loves it and, you know, it gets, it's it's a very refreshing way of writing Star Wars, I think. So I definitely recommend it. Um mm-hmm. just hearing how passionate he is talking about it. So
1: Yeah, and it was it. it was quite funny that um I mean he he said this in a lot of interviews, um, but on his panel he was saying that it was um the first Star Wars thing he ever consumed it was like the old Marvel comics from like the seventies, um, like the late seventies after a new hope came out. And um his like, very first character introduction was Jackson the rabbit who has been made canon now but was a legends character Kevin Scott personally made him canon who's if anyone doesn't know who Jackson is he's a green rabbit looking alien who's also like a smuggler a bit like Han Solo but weirder um and I just found it funny that you know most people, when they think about their introduction to Star Wars, much like me, I think of Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia, <laughs> and Kevin Scott thinks of Jackson the Rabbit, which is um, <laughs> really quite funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone's got their own favourite characters. Like uh, when uh, John Favreau mentioned in the uh, behind the scenes of Mandalorian that his favourite character was R two D two. Was that well, you know, everyone has yeah. their own unique ones. It's and their own entry the, point as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's not always the the like most famous or like front page uh, characters from the the shows and films is sometimes a bit more niche, which I think is a bit bit more hearting at, at times. Yeah, you really yeah. latched onto that character or whatever, so that's quite sweet.
1: And I thought one of the um sort of most interesting things that he said in the panel, which I really sort of picked up on was obviously he's a big horror fan and he was talking about how like horror influences like a lot of the stuff that he writes in star Wars. Um So obviously he did his like Vader castle series, his high Republic series at the moment. It's fairly horror orientated. I mean, certainly the first arc with the Drengear was, um, and then obviously the rising storm is just horrific for anyone reading it. But um, it was interesting how he was saying that like horror is typically like the complete absence of hope, but Star Wars for Star Wars to be Star Wars, there always needs to be an element of hope. So like writing horror and Star Wars, you whilst you can do it, it has to be slightly different because you still need to have some element of hope in it. Otherwise it's not Star Wars. And I thought that was a really interesting comment um, to hear and just goes to show how well he understands the the founding principles of Star Wars. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm sure as a fellow, like, uh, I don't know, media creator yourself, Dan, I'm sure you probably got a bit more out of it than, the, than I did. So that's good to hear. Um, <laughs> well,
1: yeah, I'm a bit of an aspiring writer, and kevin Scott's someone who I uh, I look up to quite a bit because I've read quite a few of his interviews about how he got into writing, and I'm like, oh, I could do that. Because he was just like, well, I was a nerd as a kid and I wanted to turn my nerdiness into a career. And I was like, damn. That's what I want to do. <laughs> so yeah, every,
0: everyone's
1: dream, that would be to be fair. Oh, um, and then the final little bit about the, whole, the Kevin Scott thing was I was, uh, I was brave enough to ask a question. I, uh, I thought I was there at a panel. They were looking for people in the audience to ask some questions. So I was like, you know what, I'll ask a question. So if memory serves me right, I asked basically who's to blame for... Um, big spoiler for The Rising Storm, by the way. So if you haven't read The Rising Storm and don't want the final page spoiled, skip ahead in the podcast for like one minute. Um, But um, basically, who's responsible for loading Great Storm dying? Is it you? Is all the blame on you? Or should we blame all the High Republic writers? To which he basically said, um, all of them had a hand in it. That it was the, the plan that all of them had made, but he was the one who delivered upon it. So he, he guessed that he was a little bit more to blame because he was the one who made it as graphic and gruesome as it was. <laughs> so um at least he owns up to what he's done. And he he does he did um what was the word? He he did try and comfort us in the fact that there's there's a there's a reasoning behind everything which is happening and um that The Rising Storm was meant to tell a very certain story within the hero's journey and there was a reason for all of it so I guess it's all contributing to the grand plan even though we're still sad about it
0: (laughs) Yeah it was I mean I remember reading it it was devastating but I'm glad that we have confirmation now that maybe it's all going to be worth it in the end and there'll be a nice happy ending to that feels earned and justified after such a a heavy loss (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, so yeah, shout out to Kevin Scott. It was really nice meeting him. It was nice being at his panel. And even though he definitely doesn't listen to this podcast, we uh hope we,
0: hope we get to meet him again sometime soon. Yeah, hopefully that'll be that'll be great. Um, I think the other highlight of Comic Con for me this weekend and Star Wars related stuff is literally just people like dressing up as characters from Star Wars. I think some of the outfits we saw uh, were like sick and unreal like yeah, there's a couple of uh, couple incredible cosplayers on, yeah and we posted on <clears throat> our instagram uh, story and i'm sure we'll post uh, uh post them again later because some of them are um, unbelievable and it's just nice to see the community um just see the community there and feel so strongly and passionate about such a you know a strong uh ip that we all feel so great about that like they've they've taken time out of the you know days to make outfits you know purchase outfits and you know, then sat on the tube for 20 minutes or half an hour or whatever, dressed up just to come along and, you know, make someone else's day by being like, oh, there's a cool stormtrooper over there. Or, oh, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. So like, that's that's bloody Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: The poor guys who dressed up as Mandalorians and had to sit on the sweaty London tubes to get to Comic-Con, I will never really understand the pain that they went through. But those Mandalorian costumes were very impressive. You know, there were Dinjarins, there were Boba Fettes, there were Paz Fizzlers, there was the Armorer, just general Mandalorians with different armor colour ends, but all of them really went all out in this big, bulky armor. And I could imagine if they got the tube, they must have struggled a little bit. But it was worth it for the
0: just to have such incredible costumes. Yeah, I mean it was nice to see as well. Um I don't know if they're I don't know if they're technically cosplayers or I'd maybe put them a step above but like the, the old 501st Legion, a few of them there uh, the UK garrison. Um, it just mm. basically dress up as like stormtroopers, swordtroopers, Darth Vader, uh, for like <laughs> charities and things.
1: I have beef, um, I have beef with the 501st garrison. I'm, I'm putting it out there right now,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think I put it on the, the Vader's Castle Instagram story, so I'll just describe the events to you. So, you know, we went to go see the 501st garrison, see their little, they had loads of props, and they had um, like a little section of their own where like they have all the props and then they're out there a speeder etc we go over have a look now so there's Darth Vader and a couple of stormtroopers and we're like, oh. Dan thought this is very cool oh, 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 I'll ask Darth Vader for a photograph uh and the guy dressed as Darth Vader obviously very committed to character um which is why maybe i will put him a step above uh, cosplayers, because I mean, this guy did not break characters, he must have been like the whole day. I uh, understand yeah, very um, abruptly to uh, get on his knees. Uh, <laughs> and
1: uh, Yeah, my yeah. lesson is never ask Darth Vader for a picture, it just doesn't end well for anyone involved. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I remember standing there watching, like, I think Vader, the guy dressed as Vader asked you asked down about, I think it was about the third time. And I was like, oh no, he's not joking. Like, he, actually, he actually wants you on your knees. Yeah, I think he, he clocked onto the fact that I was rebel scum.
1: Um, I mean, to be honest, I thought I did a good job because I went over to him and I said, oh, afternoon, my lord. Um, may, may I please get a picture with you and my, my friends in a picture? So I addressed him correctly, you know, Lord Vader. And then he sort of looked at me and, <laughs> and just told me to get on my knees and he said it a few times and I was like oh he actually is not gonna let me leave until, until I get down on my knees so I did and then a couple store a storm trooper, a shore trooper and a death trooper came over and they um started interrogating me and then Darth Vader um asked me I can't remember he said something and I sort of apologized and he. I think I apologised and said, like, mate or something, and he said, do not call me that. Like, he had the whole voice modulator and everything. It was terrifying. Meanwhile, John and Jack are just watching, laughing, filming me down on my knees with a big red lightsaber next to my head. He's got his his black-gloved hand around my throat. It was whilst they say the whole thing was very, you know, traumatizing, whatever it it wasn't, it was actually very funny. And I got a lot of respect for the, these people who really like go full out in character, sort of deliver this like really unique experience at cons. And you'll see, like one of the videos we posted on our Instagram was like all of them arriving with like an Imperial officer at the front and all the stormtroopers like marching behind in like perfect time. Like they go all out and it's really impressive stuff. And they, they raise a lot of money for charity. So um, hats off to, to them. But um, after that, there were were actual police officers who were watching it happen, like real police officers, not, not, not cosplaying police officers, real bobbies watching it happen. And then we went over others. we're like, did you see that? Do you see what happened? They were like, yeah, it's funny. I was like, do your job, arrest these criminals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was a good last fair for me and chat. I've I've got it pretty much all on film as well, which is actually fantastic. Uh, we even got a little video at the end. I meant to take a picture of the short trooper, but it's just it was still recording. So it's just the, the police officer and the sword short trooper just like probably take the piss out of you to be honest. They had a little chuckle amongst themselves. <laughs> uh so it's nice to see that the, the local force takes, you know, aggression and violence seriously. <laughs> but I was
1: I was relieved to see on the air five oh Instagram that I wasn't the only person that the only bit uh, rebel scum that they uh, caught. At uh, Comic Con, and that there were many other people who were apprehended and made to go on their knees. So it wasn't just me, but it was uh, it was it was it was really funny. And we went back there the second day, and they had a like life-size replica R two D two that was like remote-controlled, making all the noises and everything, like rolling around, like coming up to people and like saying hello and stuff. And that was like a real nerd moment for me. I f- I felt like I was John Favreau when he was talking about it in the Mandalorian um, just like that's R2 D2 right there. And he came over to me and I was like, oh so I went and touched R2 on
0: the head. It was a very cool, surreal experience. Um so yeah, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, shout out to, to you know everyone that dressed up and especially the 501st First and stuff, because as you say, you know, they raise a lot of money for charity and you know, just an experience like that, I mean, while it was you, as a as a onlooker or a fly on the wall, you could be like, "Oh crap! Like, what sort of going on over here?" Like for us Star Wars fans, you know, that's something that's while we all know everyone's there for a laugh and acting and stuff, you know, it, it makes your day. It's like this is something a bit unique. You don't get this every day. This is like you get lost in the moment of it, sort of thing. So you know, it's it's great that they can sit and stay in character like that all day, just to you know, for other people's pleasure, pretty much. You know, mm, so it's yeah. nice that they they come and they do that. Um, you know, across the country. Uh, you know, multiple days and, and yeah, they probably sit and travel in their gear and or have to drag it <laughs> along with them or whatever. So yeah, shout out to them. They really, I'm sure they made a lot of people's weekends uh, extra special.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. and, and, and you know, just all the comic con attendees like us um, who actually went in cosplay. We, we didn't, this was our first time. So I just, I just rocked a couple of Star Wars t-shirts um, and a hat but I have decided next time I'm going to have to dress up. Um, but just, you know, there were so many fun costumes. Like I saw some Han Solos, some Jedi, some loads of Mandalorians, um, some like rebel pilots in like the orange jumpsuits. There were a couple High Republic Jedi. There were, um, there was an Ezra Bridger, a Cal Kestis. Um, obviously there are a couple Vaders. Vedas, um, there was a great Chewbacca that we got a big hug from it. There was just a lot of really cool costumes that people would clearly put a lot of time and effort into and just sort of wandering about and seeing people like in these really cool costumes was, was really enjoyable to see. And there's a lot of Ray love as well, which I liked a lot of people dressed up as Ray, um, and not a single, well, I don't know, that might have happened, but not the eyewitness, not a single toxic person went up to a ray and said, oh, she's not a good character. You know, it was just a nice positive atmosphere, which is really nice to see because sometimes stars on the internet makes you feel like nothing's positive. But at Comic-Con, it was just all friendly and
0: really nice to see. Yeah, it was actually. I, was, I agree. I was i was very surprised at the um, the amount of like rays I saw, actually. I didn't cool. think there'd be that many. Be like an odd one here and there but there was quite a few especially when we went out um, like obviously it's at the XL Centre which is in London which is a, a huge venue and uh then on the outside they had I think it was, it was meant to be like a cosplay like meetup, but it just seemed to be where all the cosplayers um just went I suppose probably some fresh air and warm outfits Uh so yeah the outside on the steps was mostly where most of the cosplayers like congregated, and had little breaks and yeah there was a a good deal of raise there and yeah I think you've you've named Pretty much every character I saw there. Sadly, as as you did point out, I think on Saturday or Sunday, uh, I didn't see a single Plocoon, which me and Dave Floney would be oh, absolutely devastated about.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I, I didn't.
0: Uh, I was sad not to see a
1: Grand Admiral Thrawn. I got my Ezra. I, I spotted one Ezra, um, but I didn't see a Grand Admiral Thrawn, which I was I was sad about. But we move hopefully next year.
0: Yeah. Well, that could be your outfit for next year. Then done.
1: I just don't know if I want to be blue for a whole day. I'm thinking hands solo uh, because that's a little bit easier. Being blue all day, I think, is a lot of stress. <laughs> like, what if the blue just starts to sweat off me? Because it is quite warm in there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's usually in the summer as well, so it'd be even hotter.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and did you did you pick up any cool Star Wars stuff? I, 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 I can't remember what you ended up buying. Is there any cool finds? that you, uh, you managed to get a hold of there?
0: That's a great question, actually, because I'm going to be honest, I haven't actually opened my bag of purchases since the weekend when I got it out of my rucksack. Um, I think I just got, obviously, Dooku Lost, which I just mentioned. Uh, obviously, I had to buy that there to get it signed because I hadn't, I hadn't bought it pre- previously and I couldn't miss the opportunity. Uh, I think I just got that new High Republic manga. I think, was the only other Star Wars purchase I put, I got in the end, I think. The oh, point?
1: yeah. Yeah, I bought that as well, the Edge of Balance. Um, yeah, it's a little bit different. Which has been delayed so many times on like my Amazon order. I moved it to Waterstones. It kept on getting delayed. And then I saw it at, at the Forbidden Planet store. And I was like, well, I'm just going to have to get it because it's right there. And I'm not waiting another three months until this thing finally arrives. So, um, yeah, I also got that. I got a a nice Ezra Bridger. And black series action figure. Um, it was a little bit cheaper than it should have been, I think, because the box was slightly damaged. So I just used that as an excuse to take this Ezra out of the box. And he's standing just above my head right now, guarding some of my uh, Star Wars books, which I really like because I'm a big Ezra fan. Um, what else did I get? Obviously, I've got a couple of my uh, comic books signed. Um, I Oh, I know what I got. I got that beautiful um darth vader artwork that a really talented artist had drawn himself um sadly it's still in london because i couldn't fit it in my bag so it is currently at our friend's house um so one day i'm gonna get it back up here and it'll go on a wall framed somewhere it's a beautiful piece of artwork um i think you ended up getting the same didn't you john uh
0: i got some artwork but it's uh, i got mine's marvel themed it was just like spider-man and daredevil oh um, yeah i was the one yeah the vader. Yeah, I, need, I do need to find a frame for that, and then somewhere on the wall, which is yeah. always
1: trouble. So no, it was a it was a really fun weekend, and it was it was nice to see um, lots of Star Wars love as always. I think my only not complaint, but my only hope for next year is that there's more Star Wars people there next year. I think Kevin Scott was the only sort of big Star Wars name there um, in terms of like authors. Um, Jim Cummings was there, who's a famous voice actor. We found out accidentally by like walking into his panel um, is the voice of Hondo Anaka, which I didn't know. Um, So we briefly were in the same room as Hondo. But apart from that, there wasn't a huge amount of Star Wars names. The Birmingham Comic Con coming up in a couple of weeks has got Hayden and Ian McDermott at it um, for like photos and signings and that sort of thing. So my hope for the next Comic Con that we're definitely going to go to is that there's more... Star Wars representation in like the special guests and stuff like that because we're Star Wars fans, so we'd love to see it.
0: Yeah, I do agree. I think there was, I guess it's just how the you know the times are at the moment. There was a few, um, there's a few things lacking. I think with like comic uh, and, like authors, writers, and stuff like that. That then extended obviously into Star Wars realms as well. Like would have been quite nice maybe to get some other uh, authors mm-hmm. in there or like a couple of the artists from the comics or you know uh, it would have been nice to get maybe like a, a Charles Charles Soul to show up as well that would been, have been unbelievable or maybe like a Dave Filoni panel uh, or oh, that would have been class there's always hope
1: always <laughs> imagine hope. getting Dave Filoni out to London absolute scenes um, but no it was it was great it was, it was, as, as I said it was my my first experience of any sort of convention comic-con anything like this um, and I had such a great time I think it was just really nice just like being in a room, when I say room, a massive convention center, just filled with like, you know, loads of other nerds who, you know, a lot of them were like Star Wars, but some of them are Marvel or anime or whatever. Um, So it's just nice to sort of be in that atmosphere where everyone's just sort of on that similar level of nerd fandom. And um, yeah, it's definitely something I'm going to go to again.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see, as you just mentioned, uh, the old Birmingham ones got Hayden and stuff. Uh, I wonder if they'll be doing any... Um, I say Hayden and stuff. I mean, Hayden and our Lord and Saviour Emperor Palpatine. Um, so I wonder if I'll do any panels there and maybe get some more announcements um, for stuff coming up.
1: Yeah, they seem to save all the big announcements for San Diego Comic-Con and all the other Comic-Cons in the world Don't aren't allowed anything because uh, Disney marketing... It's got like a big shush on it. But I mean, if, if Hayden did drop a little bit of, uh, of news at um, the one in Birmingham, that'd be quite funny. I mean, I feel like the I mean, this is not a Star Wars thing, it's a Marvel thing, but you know, it's along the same topic. I feel like Charlie Cox accidentally confirmed people's suspicions in his Daredevil panel by not saying anything, but the way that he didn't say anything sort of gave away something. So I feel like if someone asks Hayden the right question and Hayden doesn't say anything in the right way that he's probably answering the question. So I imagine someone might get a bit of Kenobi news
0: out of him. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? All these panels and stuff is you, what you want is them to like, just basically tell you what you want to know, but it usually ends up being you have to to already read between the lines and it's usually while they're trying to figure out what they can and can't say or how to word it properly, that's where you get most of your information from is that the way they just like slip up trying to think about how to say it without giving too much away.
1: Yeah. So, so for all our Marvel fans out there, I'm willing to bet my house that he's going to be in no way home because <laughs> the, the way he said, I can't say anything.
0: <laughs> was just like, come on, Charlie Cox, we can see through your lies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'll, I'll join you on that bet to be fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose uh, that leads on quite nicely to uh, the Star Wars news. I mean, we're talking yeah. about Hayden Christensen possibly giving away stuff in a couple of weeks' time, so I guess it yeah. segues quite well onto news about Hayden Christensen.
1: It does, yes. Yeah, so that sort of wraps up a little discussion about Comic-Con and hopefully we'll be at future cons and we'll uh, get to talk about more stuff. But as John was saying, that's a nice little segue because the, uh, the first major bit of Star Wars news, which I think dropped on Friday night, um, is that Hayden Christensen himself is going to be returning as Anakin um, in the Ahsoka TV series? So um, it was the Hollywood Reporter who broke the news. They're a pretty reputable trade in um, in Hollywood, um, and they said the actor will reprise the role of Anakin Skywalker, aka Darth Vader, in Ahsoka, the latest Star Wars live action series from Lucasfilm and Disney Plus. Multiple sources tell the Hollywood Reporter. Um, so not much detail on what that role is gonna be. I mean, I think most people is are assuming right now that or I know, I think it's pretty much confirmed that the Ahsoka series is obviously taking place in the Mandalorian timeline, the post episode six. So obviously Darth Vader is dead. So the only way that this could happen is either force ghost Anakin or flashback to Clone Wars Anakin. Um Either way, I'm very excited about this news. Um, how are you feeling about this this news, John?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, I'm very excited, to be, to be honest. I, I completely agree with you. That is uh, most likely going to be flashbacks. I think what I'd really love is, you know, there could be um, episodes where it's literally just like a 30-second flashback, maybe like a Force vision or something. Uh, or there could be, maybe they'll do like an entire episode set back in, Uh, or like 90% of an episode set back during like the earlier days and like the Clone Wars or something with Hayden and Ahsoka. What I really want to see, and I think it's probably just me like being a kid on Christmas morning is I really want to get the, um, like a flashback kind of force vision of um, Ahsoka versus Vader in the Twilight Apprentice, you know, like a flashback of that. I think that would be unbelievable. And I would, Oh, that would honestly make make my entire year getting to see that little fight and interaction. Not not even maybe the fight, but just like the the dialogue towards the end, and you know the big dramatic emotional scene. Like, if get to see that a live action version of that. I think that would <sighs> be unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I think in my head, I imagine this is going to be one episode. Um, I might be wrong, but this is just my prediction that because I think the Ahsoka show in my mind is going to be like the hunt for Ezra. You know, Grand Admiral Thrawn. But I think maybe like the first, second, whatever. I think there's going to be an episode which is going to be like the Hayden episode. And the way I'm seeing it is like like Luke chatting to Obi Wan on Dagobah. I think it's going to be Ahsoka sort of like she's going through a lot of stuff. She still hasn't been able to process all the grief and trauma from like her entire life, basically of like Anakin falling to the dark side and everything. And I think he will appear to her. As a force ghost, and they will, you know, squash the beef, as it were. And like Anakin can talk to her about what actually happened and how he returned when Luke um spoke to him and all, all this sort of stuff. But I think it will be like an entire episode, hear me out, with like the present days at Force Anakin and Force Ghost Anakin and Ahsoka chatting, and then various flashbacks from like different points. So I like, oh, if we could see the Twilight of the Apprentice thing, as you were saying, that'd be unreal. But maybe it's like a sort of a Clone Wars mission that we haven't seen or like various moments in the Clone Wars, chronologically different moments from the Clone Wars that like, as Anakin and Ahsoka talk about it, it helps Ahsoka to like process the grief and process everything that she's been through so she can finally like come to terms and like come to peace with Anakin. Um, That's my idea of how it might go. I'm not sure if I'm correct, but I can imagine Dave Filoni has that, like, thread of, like, he, like, I think he wants that resolution between Anakin and Ahsoka to happen. And I think, like, them talking, like, Jedi to Force Ghost, and then having some flashbacks that give a bit of context and just give a bit of, like, reminiscing on the good times, I think might help like that. So that's my hope. That's my guess. Um,
0: and we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I think that would be a fully feasible, you know, episode within the Ahsoka show. I mean, it's, um, I think, what's it? I'm trying to think, you know, I think one of the bigger complaints of, um, well, not complaints, but maybe plot holes people had that I thought of myself for, like, the sequel trilogy is like, oh, how come you didn't have, like, Anakin's Force Ghost just come out to Kylo Ren and be like, what are you playing at? Stop being a little bitch you know, like we moved past this about 20 years ago. Um, so I think it's fully feasible for, you know, Ahsoka and Anakin to have that sort of conversation is um, in the same sort of way that uh, Obi-Wan and Luke had that conversation back in um, Empire Strikes Back and, uh, and, or Revenge of the Sith. Oh, God, what am I saying? Uh, yeah, Empire Strikes Back um, sort of thing. Um, so I think that'd be fully feasible and it would be classic Dave Filoni to tug on our heartstrings like that. And, Get the emotional, emotional tears going.
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I just, I'm just really happy for Hayden Christensen, man. Like. I in the past have been quite critical of like the prequels and some of the acting in the prequels, but like the more that the films have sat with me over the years and the more that I've sort of matured as a fan and, you know, from someone who just was quite quick to dislike things to someone who's actually sits on them and tries to appreciate what we're given. Like I've just come to really like Hayden Christensen's performance and he just seems like such a nice bloke. And it's, it's like, it's sad that he faced so much hate in the past and you know I I feel the same way about you know like Daisy Ridley nowadays and the the hate that she gets and I think the actors don't deserve to get the hate from fans and I think it's really nice that Hayden Christensen's getting his comeback like obviously he's going to be in Kenobi and that's going to be huge and now he's going to be in Ahsoka and he clearly like loves Star Wars but he was always scared I think to come back because of fan backlash but it's nice to see him finally getting the love that he deserves because he seems like he's passionate and you know, whatever people's thoughts on Anakin and Anakin's character, Anakin's like portrayal in the films, like Hayden Christensen is Anakin Skywalker. So seeing him back just, you know, from a story point of view, I'm really excited about Fidget, but just from like a fan point of view of like seeing us move on from like all the the prequel sort of um, discourse and just see Hayden back in the modern day, I think it's going to be, really good for Star Wars and I hope that stuff like that continues to happen in the future for the likes of like Daisy Ridley and some of the characters who have had the same treatment in the in the sequels as well.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And it was nice it's nice to see, you know, go on Twitter and stuff. And I don't tend to dive too deeply into these Star Wars comments anymore unless I'm feeling like for a laugh. Um depends on my mood on the day. because uh, as you said before, you know, yeah, as you said today it can be quite toxic at times and stuff like that. But it's nice to see that on a face value the the uh people were really excited for Hayden to come back. And I completely agree with you. Like I'm so pleased for him that he's got, you know, another opportunity to portray this character and, you know, I'm just sure he's matured as a person, you know, obviously since his fil- he filmed uh, the, the prequel trilogy, you know, so it'd be interesting to see him as an actor like return and see what else he can add to the, to the role. Um, because I'm sure over the years he's, you know, learned new things and maybe, Having that time away from Star Wars as well will allow him to come in and, uh, you know, maybe be a, bit, be a bit more relaxed about it because, you know, he's had so much hate from the prequel trilogy already. Like, like you can't hate him anymore at this point. So, he, hopefully, he can come in and and just do what he feels is right and not have to worry about um, what other people are going to think and, you know, the hate and stuff. And I, um, I'm really excited to see what he comes up with because, as you say, from a story point of view, it's going to be phenomenal. I mean, we've got fantastic. Um, writers, producers, and you know, everyone who works on Lucasfilm um shows at the moment, you know, we, we've they've all been fantastic, especially from our point of view. So, I think give Hayden Christensen that combined, you know, with what he's given so far, I think is going to be absolutely phenomenal.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well said, uh, ju- justice for Hayden, and uh, he's, he's clearly getting his justice, so uh, it's really nice to see. And Ahsoka. I think the more and more I hear about this Ahsoka show, the more it is like going up right up to like probably I think it's Kenobi and Ahsoka. I like the two shows that I'm like stupidly, stupidly excited for because like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader coming back in one of them and Ahsoka, Anakin and Ezra and Thrawn coming back in the other one. It's like, you talk about characters that I love, it's like Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, <laughs> Ezra, Thrawn, and I'm getting them all over the next couple of years. So it's a good time for me as a as a Star Wars fan.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's going to be, it's going to be a rich couple of years, I think, with the Star Wars, um, Star Wars shows. I mean, in in Favreau and Filoni, we trust
1: yeah, absolutely. So,
0: uh, I'm sure that'll be great.
1: And you know what? I'm going to say it. And in Disney, we trust. I think Disney, <laughs> Disney gets a lot of hate from Star Wars fans sometimes. But, you know, even though we've got great creators who are making all this happen, it is the mouse at the top who has given us this renaissance in Star Wars. So I think they deserve a little bit of appreciation from us.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, in the mouse, in the mouse we trust. <laughs> Even though the mouse owns us and they take all our money. <laughs> yeah, it
1: takes it takes my money, but it, it puts it to good use, so I'll yeah. allow it. Um, and, well, I guess we can move on to our next little uh, news story. This, this dropped... Um, when did this drop? The 21st. It's how long ago was that? Was about a week ago, yeah. So on the 21st, um, Star Wars on Twitter, Instagram and everything posted... Um, a poster for the conclusion of phase one of the Star Wars, the High Republic begins January, 2022. And it is a phenomenal looking poster with really beautiful art, um, but it's also quite terrifying. It has starlight beacon um, getting blown up to it. So I guess that answers the question of what the fallen star is in Claudia Gray's upcoming book. Um, and then it has beautiful artwork of all of our favourite Jedi characters from the High Republic era. I mean, we've got Avar, Stellan and Elzar, sort of the big three. We've um, got Belzettifar and Buriaga and Venestra and, and Terek and Serak, Keeg Trennis, Skir. Um, All Most of the Jedi are all there, really. Um, And it says, who will survive when the light of the Jedi goes dark? The conclusion of phase one of Star Wars High Republic begins January, 2022. Um, Who will survive being in very bold letters does not give me an immense sense of hope. Um, But I am also thoroughly excited for this. I think this conclusion to phase one, phase one out of three, by the way, so there's still a lot more story to
0: tell. It's clearly going to go out of a bang. So I'm uh, very, very excited. Yeah. Me too, actually like, just thinking about the next couple books and comics and to be honest, there's all the multimedia in the high public. I've actually been really enjoying it. And uh, the story we've got so far is just absolutely gripping. Um And I think this poster just entices me in even more. Uh, I mean, I don't want to, I don't really want to know the answer to who will survive. I'd rather just, you know, I'd rather, if, if it meant that I could never consume another bit of Star Wars multimedia in my life, but, all my boys survived and I'd never find out if they died or not. I, I'd probably be all right with it, Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> yeah, I
1: I just, the, the, the word survive being so close to Elzar, man, terrifies me. I think in the picture, Elzar's the one basically closest to it and Elzar's going for a lot and I think... He has become my favourite character of the era and probably one of my favourite characters in Star Wars as a whole. And I'm really excited to see what Claudia Gray does with him as a writer, because I think Charles Soule and particularly Kevin Scott done a phenomenal job with him as a character and really made me connect with him on sort of quite a deep emotional level. So um, I love all the High Republic characters. I don't want any of them to die. But Claudia Gray, I'm warning you now, stay away from elsa man, <laughs> please. <laughs> even though she's already written it. So if she's killed him off, she's already put pen to paper. It's already happened. And um, you will no longer be my favourite Star Wars writer if you do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's one there's one person they am missing off this poster. I'm not too happy about it. And it's, uh, I can't remember his name for life for me, but who's, who's the fella in the uh, suit that's like made of jelly? Oh, what's his name? Orbelin. Yeah, Orbelin. Where's it's he at? not him. That's a good point. There is no Orbelin.
1: That's outrageous that oh, is. Oh, that is. That, that man was the boy. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing it and thought, Where's Geode? But clearly this is all just the Jedi of the era and not like the non Jedi. Um and then I was immediately like, Where's where's my good friend Porter Ankle? But I see Porter Ankle at the back. But yeah, justice yeah. for
0: uh um justice for Orbelein. Where is he? Yeah. Orbern, I think. That'll be my cosplay next year, Comic Con Auberlin. Auberlin. I
1: uh I think I think I could probably pull off Elza Man just from that uh, image. He has a similar uh, head shape to me and hair, so I think I could probably pull off an Elzar Man if uh, if he survives through January
0: 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really hope. Um, what's the company that makes them? I can't remember off top of my head, but the com- the, I hope they make some cool, high public, like lightsabers. Like uh, the ones with, like the cross guards, I think. It- unbelievable Ooh, so yeah. hopefully we can get a couple of those before next year because that'll be a definite need that for Colcon
1: yeah um, a, 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 Avar Chris and Stellan Geo particularly have really nice looking lightsabers with like the cross guards on it and um, oh yeah one of them would be nice and Funkos and action figures and all sorts of merchandise come on Lucasfilm are you listening we need this Lego sets everything <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a, I feel like this is a, this is a poster that tells us that we're going to be in, should be in fear about reading the next few books that like will be on the edge of our seats, but also like trying to cower away behind the pages as we read it.
1: Yeah. I think, I think it really tells us this, that this is going to be a climactic finale because I didn't know how they were going to treat the phases, um, whether each one was going to have its own sort of like climactic finale. And then there was going to be a time gap till the next one. Not sure about the time jump or anything like that, but this definitely tells us that this is going to be a climactic finale. It's all by the looks of it going to revolve around Starlight Beacon, which has sort of been like the continuous sort of like thing at the middle of a lot of the phase one storylines. And whether it's going to be completely destroyed or whether it's just going to be like invaded by the Nile, no idea. But um, yeah, I think we're clearly reaching the, uh, the big bang of this. Phase one, and I couldn't be more excited for it.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, it's, I've really enjoyed reading the uh, the current Star Wars Higher Public books. Like, it's, they were my first dive into like Star Wars books, and uh, I have to say they, they didn't disappoint. So, the next phase, I've judged, judging by this poster and uh, judging by what we've seen before, uh, is going to be unbelievable.
1: Mm. And speaking of Star Wars books, we can now segue on to our final little news story. Um, this dropped a wee while ago. I think this is about two weeks ago, maybe even more than that. Um, that we've got four new books on the way for 2022, and these are non-High Republic books. So these are outside of all the High Republic books that we already know are coming out next year. Um, Lucasfilm um, Publishing announced. Um, right, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna list them. So we've got Shadow of the Sith. By Adam Christopher, which is coming out on June 28th, 2022. We've got Brotherhood by Mike Chen, just coming out on May 10th, 2022. We've got Star Wars Stories of Jedi and Sith by, well, edited by Jennifer Heddle. I think it's because it's loads of different writers writing different stories on June 7th, 2022. And we've got Star Wars Padawan by Kirsten White coming out on July 26th, 2022. Um, we'll dive into a little bit of like what these blurbs and what these books are going to be about. But um, I'm very excited that we're getting four pretty exciting sounding books coming out in 2022, along with all the High Republic stuff and all the Disney plus shows and all the comics and all the everything that we're already getting next year. I think 2022 is going to be a big year
0: for Star Wars. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be unbelievable. And what I really like about the four books I've announced here um, before we the dive into them a bit deeper is literally just, it seems like they cover vastly different things. You know, obviously you got, we'll dive into them a bit deeper here, but it's, you know, you got the, these ones, they sound really different and interesting from each other. Um, different authors, which is going to be, it's always nice to get different people's interpretations of like how Star Wars is to them and things like that. Uh, I, I quite like the sound of the stories of Star Wars, the uh, stories of Jedi and Sith, which is like an anthology. Obviously, being written by different people, that sounds really interesting. Um, I'm excited to see what they all they all uh, come out come out when, when they come out. I'm excited to see how they all sound, and they, I'm very excited for it.
1: Yeah, so let's so let's dive in. The first one is Shadow of the Sith, and this one um, focuses on Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian in the time between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. So I'll just read out the little um, well, it's not a little. Sizable blurb that they've got here and then we'll, uh. We'll discuss what we're thinking about it. The Empire is dead. Nearly two decades on from the Battle of Endor, the tattered remnants of Palpatine's forces have fled to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. But for the heroes of the New Republic, danger and loss are an ever present companions, even in the newly forged era of peace. Jedi Master Luke Skywalker is haunted by visions of the dark side, foretelling an ominous secret growing somewhere in the depths of space on a dead world called Exegol. The disturbance of the Force is undeniable, and Luke's worst fears are confirmed when his old friend, Lando Calrissian, comes to him with reports of a new Sith menace. After his daughter was stolen from his arms, Lando searched the stars for any trace of his lost child, but every new rumour only led to dead ends and fading hopes until he crossed paths with Ochi of Bestoon, a Sith assassin tasked with kidnapping a young girl. Ochi's true motives remain shrouded to Luka Lando for on a junkyard moon, a mysterious envoy of the Sith Eternal has bequeathed a sacred blade to the assassin, promising that it will give him answers to the questions that have haunted him since the Empire fell. In exchange, he must complete a final mission, return to Exegol with the key to Sith the Sith's glorious rebirth, the granddaughter of Darth Sidious himself, Rey. As Ochi hunts Rey and her parents to the edge of the galaxy, Luke and Lando race into the mystery of the Sith's lingering shadow and aid a young family running for their lives. Ooh, that was a long blurb there. Um, so basically, lo- uh, long blurb made short. Sure it's a pretty cool story to Rise of Skywalker.
0: Yeah, sounds like it, actually. I didn't know I expect <laughs> that. That like, halfway through that blurb, that really took a turn that I wasn't expecting. Obviously, as soon as the uh, Sith blade was mentioned, I was like, "All right, that's probably the one from Rose of Skywalker." I was like, oh, "Okay, Sith assassin, blah blah blah." And then, oh, he's, he's been tasked to kidnap Rey, which is obviously, I'm assuming. Then we, yeah, book's going to end on sort of like, well, the final chapter will be Ray's parents ditching her on uh, Jakku, sort of thing. I can imagine. Um, yeah, and while Luke and Lando are off doing some other. Fancy bits, somewhere yeah. Or else, maybe I, this I definitely, don't know a question.
1: yeah, this definitely interests me because, um, my relationship with Rise of Skywalker has changed slightly over time. I really didn't like it when it came out, and it's started to grow on me slowly over time. Um, but I do think it's a film where it's missing a lot of backstory and. I think this book will probably serve as a really good companion and start to explain some of the stuff about Exegol, which I think needs a little bit more lore behind it. Some of the stuff about um, the Sith Eternal, Ochi of Bestoon. and Ochi's proving a really fun character in the Darth Vader comic at the moment, so it'll be nice to see some more of him. It'll be nice to get a few more answers about sort of Rey, her parents. <clears throat> and then just spending some time with Jedi Master Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian, in that era after Return of the Jedi, I think will be really good fun as well. So I think this is a book that needs to, a story that needs to be told. I think it's a story that will help some fans find a little bit more context in Rise of Skywalker. And it just sounds like a really interesting story. So this is one that I'm definitely, definitely excited for.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, it'd be really nice to see uh, Luke after uh, Return of the Jedi, just, you know, maybe finding his feet a bit and, you know, getting to get into that master status and obviously, and then finding, finding how he wants to be like a Jedi. Cause obviously the end of the end of the end of return, of the Jedi, we see him, you know, celebrate he's a Jedi, blah, blah, blah. We don't really get to see him what happens afterwards, how he becomes, or, you know, the beginning of the story of how he, we get to him, uh the last Jedi sort of thing. So i would be really interested to see, Luke finding his feet maybe as a Jedi and how he finds the first few years after after the return of the Jedi.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um and the next one is called Brotherhood. Um this one's a slightly shorter blurb so I'll read it, but this one is about Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker during the Clone Wars. Which I think is something that everyone wants to see. So this is something very exciting as well. The Clone Wars have begun. Battle lines are being drawn throughout the galaxy. With every world that joins the Separatists, the peace guarded by the Jedi Order is slipping through their fingers. After an explosion devastates Cato Nymoidia, the jewel of the Tro- Trade Federation, the Republic is blamed, and the fragile neutrality of the planet is threatened. The Jedi dispatch Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the Order's most gifted diplomatic minds, to investigate the crime and maintain balance that's begun to dangerously shift. As Obi-Wan investigates with the help of a heroic Neimoidian guard, he finds himself working against the Separatists who hope to draw the planet into their conspiracy and senses the sinister hand of Asajj Ventress in the mists that cloak the planet. Amid the brewing chaos, Anakin Skywalker rises to the rank of Jedi Knight, Despite the mandate that Obi-Wan travel alone and his former master's insistence that he listens this time, Anakin's headstrong determination means nothing can stop him from crashing the party and bringing along a promising but conflicted youngling. Once a Padawan to Obi-Wan, Anakin now finds himself on equal but uncertain footing with the man who raised him. The lingering friction between them increases the danger for everyone around them. The two knights must learn a new way to work together, and they must learn quickly to save Kato Nymoidia and its people from the fires of war. To overcome the threat they face, they must grow beyond master and apprentice. They must stand together as brothers.
0: What do you think of that one, John? Um, that's me. It sounds interesting. I it also sounds very similar to Master and Apprentice. <laughs> um in terms of that like relationship between the two of them. But I think it will be a good spin and a good, interesting way to see how we go. We go from, uh, attack on the clone's Anakin to, you know, clone wars, Anakin to end of clone wars, Anakin, I suppose. Yeah. I think uh, it would be, how it'll... They, yeah. And I just how their relationship develops. Cause, um, I think it's a lot of kind of, we just it imply a lot is implied in the films. Um, in like the time gaps and stuff. So uh, maybe this, this book will help solidify that bond, you know, in people's minds.
1: Yeah. I do think this sort of sounds like the master, like if master and apprentice was Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, this is the Anakin, then Obi-Wan version of master and apprentice. Um, so it does sound interesting, but I do think the thing that makes it stand out for me is that we're going to see Anakin initially becoming a Jedi Knight, which is something we haven't seen in Canon yet. Um, and we're going to see like the the initial like meetings between Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ventress, which is something that like when Ventress appears in the Clone Wars, they've already met and they already are who know who each other is. So clearly, this story is going to deal with maybe the first interaction between them and Ventress, which will be interesting. And just seeing Cato and Nymoidia as well, the the home planet of the Trade Federation, it will be really interesting. And you know, we love Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Era content, so I think it will. Sounds like a really fun
0: book. Yeah, I'm wondering will we maybe get to see some early, early clones in there. <coughs> I'm trying, trying to think when we first meet Rex. have him and Anakin and stuff already met. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I, I think so. Yeah, can't remember.
1: yeah, I think so. And so, Rex is a Phase One clone, so he in theory yeah. should be here.
0: Could this be yeah the the meeting of Anakin and Rex or like the first early days of their relationship? Oh, that would be. That'd I be hope good. so.
1: Yeah um the stories of Jedi and Sith is a um as you said it's an anthology I think it's sort of more targeted at sort of um junior readers but I mean it's sort of a similar style from the like this Clone Wars stories from um stories from the Clone Wars book that I've that the both of us have got which even though it's sort of targeted at young people it's still um, has a lot of like interesting story details for your um, adult readers. So I don't think that's a negative, but um, it's basically described as the brave Jedi, the devious Sith, these iconic heroes and villains embody the struggle between light and dark that is at the very heart of star Wars in this exciting middle grade anthology, 10 acclaimed authors imagine all new tales for some of the saga's most popular characters from Luke Skywalker, to Darth Vader from Obi-Wan Kenobi to Asajj Ventress and beyond complete with both beautiful spot illustrations epic standoffs cunning plots courageous action and ruthless anger are all here in the showcase of the enduring power of one of the movies greatest movie sagas of all time um so i think this one's just going to be really interesting just because it's going to tell nice little stories about jedis and about sith and by the sounds of it it's original stories unlike the clone Wars book which is like a retellings of stories we already know so yeah, I think I'm excited for this, and I imagine it's going to look beautiful on a shelf.
0: Yeah, I think this going to be quite good. I mean, it is, uh, as you said, their middle-grade anthology, like, I don't know what that is in the UK, probably like year eight, maybe. I
1: think, um, I think when they say middle-grade reader, I think it's sort of like eight to like 14 or something like that, eight to like 13. Yeah, um, okay. But, I mean... I've I've read quite a few of the Star Wars middle grade books, and there's still a lot of like deep Force Law stuff in there that adults can connect with. So I, I never really see it as an issue.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm hoping it'll be good, and I'm sure the like stories matched with the art and stuff will be be very interesting. And as you say, it will look good on the shelf, so I'm sure it will be sitting proud on my shelf whenever it comes out. Definitely, and the last one to
1: round off this bit of news and the episode is Padawan. By kirsten white um this is a story of obi-wan kenobi who is you know everyone loves obi-wan kenobi so this is going to be this is a young adult novel so of a similar realm to books like um into the dark lost stars that sort of thing um Obi-Wan Kenobi really wants to be a good Padawan, the best Padawan even, but that's feeling more and more possible with his new master Qui-Gon Jinn. All of Obi-Wan's friends are off training to be real Jedi, getting mission experience while he's on Coruscant, practicing his forms and sitting in silent contemplation. Ever since Qui-Gon's former master, Dooku, left the Order, it feels like Qui-Gon has been too busy trying to connect with the Force or arguing with the Jedi Council to properly train his Padawan. When Obi-Wan finally convinces Qui-Gon to take him on a mission to a remote planet once explored by an ancient Jedi, his master doesn't show up the morning they are to leave, so Obi-Wan impulsively takes off by himself. Upon arriving on the mysterious lush planet, he encounters a group of teenagers with no adult supervision and who all seem to have some connection to the Force. Free from the constraints of the Order, Obi-Wan joins them in daring adventures, but the Padawan side of him keeps questioning the team's strange relationship to the Force and to the verdant planet around them and what all of it might mean to, the f- to his future. Obi-Wan will test the limits of his relationship to the Jedi and to the Force in this exciting yet soulful exploration of one of Star Wars' most enduring heroes. I mean, to me, this sounds like the prequel to Master and Apprentice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I, I completely agree um although i think hopefully as <coughs> if the authors, i'm assuming they've obviously read master and apprentice um you know there's got that in mind when reading it that I'm, I'm hoping that they can really work off some of the themes present in master and apprentice and maybe give us a bit more backstory into some of the relationship struggles that qui-gon and obi-wan had in that book and mm. hopefully give us a bit more of an expansion onto their relationship
1: yeah, because I, I think it was one of the things we talked about when we did our episode on Master and Apprentice. Master and Apprentice is like the Master and Apprentice book, but it was more focused on Qui-Gon, whereas this sounds like the reverse of that, where it's mostly Obi-Wan's book, but Qui-Gon is a presence. So I think that's going to be really interesting. And Master and Apprentice brought up this like rebellious side of Obi-Wan that used to exist until he met Qui-Gon, and it sounds like this book's going to dive into a bit of that rebellious side with him going off on a mission on his own. So, I think that's going to be a really interesting side of Obi Wan to see. And Obi Wan, such a beloved character, just seeing more of his like origins, seeing more of him pre Phantom Menace and him developing as a Padawan, I think is going to be a really interesting um, thing to see. So, yeah, this, this book couldn't come sooner as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited for all the books you just mentioned there, actually. They're all going to be, I think they will, as you said, 2022 is going to be an absolutely fantastic year for Star Wars. And I don't think these books are going to, Fly too far under the radar when it comes to the Star Wars, uh, most media next year. They sound really interesting, and um, I'm really looking forward to to uh, reading them.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so that route ra- that uh, wraps up all the news that we wanted to talk about. As I said, there's bound to be a lot more news coming over the next couple of weeks with Disney Plus Day coming up. So we will try our best to keep you in the loop if anything exciting is developing. Um, And I think that wraps up the whole episode as well. Is there anything else you want to add, John, before we close this 30th episode?
0: No, no, I'm I'm all good
1: here. Thank you. Perfect. So if you've enjoyed, um, make sure to follow our podcast, subscribe to our podcast on whatever app you use. Um, Follow us on social media, at Live From Vader's Castle on Instagram, at Vader's Castle Pod on Twitter, and Live From Vader's Castle on YouTube. Um, We post new episodes of our podcast every week and have a variety of other stuff on our other social medias like book reviews comic reviews on our instagram so if you like what we do and want to hear more from us stay tuned on those social media accounts and we will be back next week to i think i think we uh we might return to our mandalorian rewatch next week john how does that sound
0: oh that'd be nice
1: yeah go for it So that's what you can look forward to next week. And then we've got, as I said, we've got Disney Plus Day coming up and then we've got a Thrawn book review coming up as well. So maybe it'll be Mando, Disney Plus Day, Thrawn in that order, probably. We shall
0: see. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. um, Thank you very much for listening, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.